At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. In a world of twisted facts, alternative narratives, corrupted corporations, and hacked feeds, how can we decipher the difference between truth and fiction? It's time to take back the truth. Read Robert Kiyosaki's Fake and learn the signs to recognize fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. Determine what's real in a world where falsehoods are a weapon. Don't let fake advice destroy your financial future. Visit therealkiyosaki.com to read Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. That's therealkiyosaki.com. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. This is Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. So once again, we have a fantastic program for you, and this is the theme of the show, and I ask you this question. Are you stuck in a job you hate? I mean, it sounds like an infomercial right now. Are you stuck in a job you hate? Are you doing things you really wish you weren't doing? Are you making all the money you wish you were making? How many of you feel trapped, tied, tethered, nailed down by a paycheck and life that you have grown to hate? Well, we have the program just for you. You know, big question is, are you fulfilling your life's purpose? Are you doing what God wants you to do? And I, and I speak of God, I speak the generic God. This is not a religious program. But all across the world, you know, Kim and I just got back from Australia, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. But people all over the world have the same challenge. You know, they're basically chasing the buck, trying to make ends meet, making money, getting kids off to school, and then wondering what happened to their life. You know, I'm talking to a young man today, you know, and I, he's just about to graduate from high school. And I said, what are you gonna do? And he says, well, my mom wants me to get married and stay on the farm. And I said, well, I'm sure she'd be happy if you did that and get married and have kids. Well, yes. But the question is, what do you want to do? And I, I think what happens for many people is they're so excited about getting out of their family's home and getting on with making some money, they just jump out into the world they make a few dollars and they wonder, ¿Qué pasa? What happened to my life? Why am I trapped nine to five or midnight to five or whatever you guys work, trying to make money, the government's taking it all in taxes. What am I supposed to be doing here? Why am I trapped in this rat race? Like the cash flow game sets. So we have a fantastic program for you today. And this man, gentleman is a man, I, he's an author. I wish I could write as well as he did. He's one of the best writers I know. But it's about your journey in life. You know, are you there stuck chasing a paycheck and paying taxes, paying bills, and wondering what happened to your life? Any comments, Kim? Yeah, I'm so looking forward to this show because this is one of my all-time favorite authors. And, you know, I think a lot of us never ask the question. We never question what we're doing. And I remember when I was 27 years old living in Hawaii, um, had a job, would get a paycheck, would pay my bills, and I woke up one morning going, if I just go to work every day, get a paycheck, and pay my bills, is that all there is to life? Yeah, but you live in paradise, I was man. living in paradise, but <laughs> I'm still, I was like, I was looking for meaning, and, and our author, Steve Pressfield, his new book is called The Artist's Journey, 
the wake of the hero's journey and the lifelong pursuit of meaning. And I think when you asked Robert, do you feel like you have a higher calling? I think more and more people are looking for meaning in their life. And uh, that's what we're going to discuss today. And that's the difference between Kim and I talk about often is different. People say, are you doing your passion? Passion's not it, sports fans. It's what's your purpose. See, passion is greedy. It's doing what I want to do. And if I was doing what I want to do, I'd probably be in jail. So anyway, <laughs> purpose is doing what God wants you to do, not what you want to do. So with that introduction, Stephen Pressfield is, every time I read his books, like it kind of torques my brain to look at life, look back upon my life and check in with myself. Am I on my journey? So his, so Stephen's latest book, Stephen Pressfield, is The Artist's Journey. Welcome to the program, Steve. Hey, thanks, Robert. It's always great to be back with you and Kim. Oh, thank you, Stephen. You know, um, we've told you this before that uh, we did a group study of uh, the War of Art and of Turning Pro, two of your two of your great books. So uh, it's always an inspiration to have you on our show. All right, great. It's great to be here. So what's what's the? I'm, I'm, I just got in from Australia a couple of nights ago. What is the artist's journey about? Well, let me go. Let me take a step back from that, Robert, and talk about uh, the concept of the hero's journey that comes from Joseph Campbell, and which was the hero's journey in Joseph Campbell's terms is a sort of a, a piece of software, in a sense, in our psyches from birth, and that kind of calls to us to um, to live out a sort of a an initiation or a self-initiation into into life as we search for our calling. You know, what you were talking about, are you stuck in a dead-end job? I worked in advertising in New York for years and years. I, I quit three different times, wrote novels, which never sold, and then I had to go back to advertising, et cetera, et cetera. So I've worked that sort of main, that thing that you're talking about. But the hero's journey is that sort of call that we have to find ourselves, to get out in the world, to fail, to search, to suffer, to do all those things. And at some point, I think, we reach the kind of the culminating point of, the, of our hero's journey, which is when we sort of come to the realization of what we really are meant to do, whether it's if it's an artistic endeavor to be writers, to be painters, to whatever it is. And at that point, a different journey kicks in in our psyche, and we go from the hero's journey to the artist's journey. And the artist's journey is what I'm on now, and I think it's what you guys are on now. And it's what people are hoping for, I think, when they do leave that job and do branch out and do try to live out their true calling. So, Stephen, I'm asking, what's the difference between a hero and an artist? That's, that's the big question. The hero's journey, to me, is, is the search. We start out kind of as young people, and we don't really know. The question we're asking ourselves is, who am I? Why was I put on this planet? You know, what is my gift? Is there, do I have some kind of talent? What is my passion? What makes me happy, right? So we're sort of every man capital e at that sense but we don't know really who we are like mom may say to us we want you to stay on the farm and have kids and we say to ourselves do i really want that is that really me 
Well, it'll make mom happy. <laughs> right. You'd well, be a real about, hero. What about then. you? If it's, if it's great for mom, but what about you, right? right. So, you know, this makes perfect sense because the, so you're saying the hero's journey is, you know, you get born into this life and you go out and you make you make a living, you make money, you you get yourself, you know, you go through this process. And at some point, the light bulb goes off that you go, hey, what really what's life about? And what what is my calling? And I think that's that's the whole point or the whole thesis of this book of mine, The Artist's so, Journey. So then once you find out what makes you a hero, you turn it into an art form, and that's when it becomes the artist's journey? Well, I, well let me just speak for myself. I mean, at, at some point in, in my life, after, I'm sort of like you, Robert, doing all kinds of stuff, driving trucks, working on oil rigs, um, picking fruit as a migrant laborer, working in advertising, teaching school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thrashing around, I finally sort of hit bottom in a sense. This was in New York City many years ago. And I just sort of realized I'm a writer. This is what I've been running away from my whole life, and I have to face it, you know? So at that point, in my mind, my hero's journey ended in terms of my search for what I was supposed to do and who I was. But now the next question was, now i got to actually do it. And that's when, in my mind, the artist journey begins. And at that point, you, you, you turn pro. You got, you, this is really sort of another version of my book, mm. Turning Pro, Yes. where you, you commit to something. So let me ask us really, really quickly, what was the theme of Turning Pro with them? Well, Turning Pro was sort of, it, it didn't define an artist's journey as opposed to a hero's journey. It just sort of defined that inflection point in your life when you do decide to turn pro. And the other thing about the book Turning Pro was I think that we as individuals on our, on our search torture ourselves by putting judgment on ourselves when we can't find what we're looking for or we can't commit to it or we can't make it work. Well, let me, let me we give you a let me, let me share my thing about the hero's journey is I had a high-paying job working for Standard Oil. I was set for life, making about 120000 a year back in the 60s. And That but, was a lot of money in the 60s. Yeah, not much today, but it was a lot of money back then. And then the Vietnam War was still on, so I decided I'd better go fight because all of my uncles fought. So I kind of did it to keep the family happy, but I also wanted to find out what it was like to go to war. So I go to war, and I come back, then I go into business, and then all of a sudden I realize as I'm going through my chaos of becoming an entrepreneur, I find out I like teaching. And, the, and that goes all the way back to I hated school. I hated school. And all of a sudden I find myself becoming like my poor dad, I'm gonna be a teacher. You know, Stephen, that was one of the most the hardest decisions of my life is I have to become who I hate. And so that's the year I met Kim. And I said, I'm gonna just turn pro and start teaching outside the school system, because I hate the school system, I really do. Because it took away my sense of pride, my dignity, my freedom, and it was all about getting a job and working for a paycheck. So that's when I turned pro, so now I'm a teacher and then after I taught for a number of years, I became a writer. And, and it's the hardest, next hardest thing I've ever done uh. because I flunked out of school three times because I can't write. Is that what you're talking about? 
That's exactly what I'm talking about, and I think that really helps that you spelled it out in your own terms. Like when you went to war, you went to Vietnam, you were a helicopter pilot. That and, and the other things was your hero's journey, where you were searching for trying to answer the question, who am I? What is my calling? What is my gift? And at the moment that you said, I'm a teacher, now you still hadn't completely made the switch to being what you are today, which is kind of a, an entrepreneur slash teacher slash writer, right? You're teaching outside of the school system. That was your breakthrough. But at that point, you now are on your artist journey. You're no longer searching for who you are. You're really now asking yourself, how do I do this the best way possible? How do I take care of myself? Who do I work with? What form do I use to express myself to get my thoughts out into the world? How do I make this work? How do I make it pay? How do I how do I deliver the goods to the people? So, so, so Stephen, you know, I think most people can relate. The question is, how do your how does your work, the artist journey, and turning pro and the war of art, how does it support the average person who bought, who drank the Kool-Aid of go to school, get a job, get married, have kids, and work for the rest of your life? How well, does your course, work The ideal them? thing that we all dream about is to be able to support ourselves completely by some form of art or something that we love to do. But realistically, that's, you know, one in a thousand or something like that. But I was, you know, I wrote a blog a couple of weeks ago, and it was quoting, remember when Steven Soderbergh won the Oscar for Traffic a few years ago as the best director? I'm afraid I don't watch movies, so who, and who his, was Well, anyway, here was, his, here was his acceptance speech. He held up his Oscar, and he said, this, this award is for everybody who spends one hour a day working on, on their art, on the thing that's their calling. And I think in many ways that is the, the, the most realistic way that most of us can pursue our, our calling. It's so, so, about so, a certain amount of time each day. Yes, yeah, Stephen, Stephen, that's all wonderful on the Oprah show, but why don't people do it in real life? Well, they're afraid of success or they're afraid of failure, one or the other. You know, it's not, it's not easy to do anything, right? I mean, when you made your switch, what did you immediately switch over to a full-time kind of teaching slash entrepreneurial gig, or did it take you a while? Was there a transition period for you? Okay, once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Today, our, our guest is the, one of the most successful authors I know, Stephen Pressfield. His books are must-reads. For any one of you out there who is thinking about searching for your own journey, your own passion, your answer, and especially if you drank the Kool-Aid, you're stuck in a job you hate, you got kids who hate you too, your wife hates you, your husband hates you, and you wonder, well, how did I get here? I think Stephen's books, all of them, give you the insight of how you get out. Any comments? Well, and when we come back, I want to go into what you just asked, Robert, is because why don't people become that artist and what do you need to do? And I think Stephen outlines it pretty well in his book. And it's it's a a surprising twist in this book, The Artist's Journey. It's a surprising twist and I like it. And it really does help define how you go from the hero's journey to the artist's journey. So we can talk about that next. So we'll be right back. A couple of more sections with Stephen Pressville. His latest book, The Artist's Journey, is for all of you people who drank the Kool-Aid and wondering what happened to my life. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. 
Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And we archive all of our programs at richdadradio.com. And the reason we archive our programs is for many reasons. One of them is because repetition is how we learn. So if you want to understand more about how you can get onto your artist's journey or your hero's journey, I would listen to this program two or three times. You know, and go to richdadradio.com because every time you hear it, you're a different person the next time you listen to it because you've changed a bit. And that's the beauty of Stephen Pressfield's books is because every time I read them, I change a bit. And it makes life not easier, but I'm clearer on my next step. So Rich Dad Radio, go to richdadradio.com. If you have friends, family, or business associates who really do need to change some directions in their life or they're kind of in the rut, and they need to get on to their artist's journey or their hero's journey or just pay their bills, then Stephen Pressfield's books are the best. So once again, I love Stephen's books. You know, the, the one of the things I love was The War of Art. That book was really helpful to me because, you know, Stephen talks about how every morning he gets up and he faces a blank screen on his computer. Well, that's my life too. And as I said earlier, is I haven't done anything I love. I mean, I really hated school, but I teach. And I really hate writing, but I write. And yet it kind of just, it gets me down the road every day. But the hardest choice is every morning when I get up, you know, there's two people talking to me in bed, fat boy and healthy boy. And fat boy usually wins. Okay, you don't have to go to the gym this morning. You know, you can have your croissant and bagels and cream cheese and a cup of coffee. And I love Fat Boy because he tells me everything I want to hear. Any comments, Kim? <laughs> well, that's what Stephen would call resistance. And we all have it and we all face it every single day. And what, what I want to ask you, Steve, is, you know, why people continue to struggle? They, they're in the rat race. They, they're doing what they've been told to do. Go get a job, make a living, pay have your kids. bills, have kids, do all of that. And how to you how to make that shift to where you're you find your meaning in your life and I, and I want to just go to one point couple points in your book because you talk about go, making that shift from to being the artist and what are pe why are people afraid of of what is the artist afraid of and you talk about is fear of the unknown and I think this applies to everybody we talk to whether they're doing real estate investing whether they're building a business this fear of the unknown of going into that place and letting go of the familiar is is scary for a lot of people and that's why they don't make that shift or why do they hang on to a job they know is right not going anywhere. exactly and and i'd love your comments on that steve 
Well, we are terrified of the unknown. I mean, that's the that's sort of I think everybody can agree on that. But yet, it, it's even be on the one sense you can say, well, if I have a job and I leave my job, that's going into the unknown. How am I ever going to support myself? What am I going to do? That's one form of being afraid of the unknown. And of course, it's completely valid. You should be afraid because it is scary. Plus, what? But what then a, there's the other way of, of thinking about the unknown from the artist's point of view. And that is, let's say you're sitting down to write a book. Let's say you're going to write a novel or you're going to make a movie. You, now you're, you're really plunging into the unknown in the sense of, well, what am I going to write about? And once I, once I do enter, once I do commit to whatever that project is, how do I know how it's going to come out? How do I know it's not going to be a complete disaster? How do I know I'm, not e- I'm going to even get to the finish line? That's the, sort of the artist's unknown. And as you were saying in the break, Kim, we were talking about from the artist's point of view, you have to leave the sort of the conscious mind yes. and go into the unconscious mind. Yes. You have to sort of reach into that dark place and pull something back out. And that's really, that's really scary. But it is fear of the unknown. And like, like Robert, you were saying about fat boy and uh, virtuous boy, what do you encounter in the morning? Any, it's, it's kind of a rule of life that anything that is really positive for the evolution of your soul is very freaking hard to do. (laughs) And you will feel enormous, everybody, enormous resistance to doing it. Capital R resistance. From something as simple as getting up and going to the gym to facing your true destiny, whatever that is, there's going to be an enormous wall of resistance. So, so resistance was a big word in your book, The War of Art. Could you further, since we have you on the line and in person, could you redefine or, you know, sure. go okay. into resistance? What is resistance? I mean, as a, as a, let me define it as a writer, and you will relate to this completely, Robert. When you sit down, you roll a piece of blank paper into a typewriter, and you sit down in front of it, you can feel radiating off that page, at least I can feel it, a negative, repulsing force of resistance that says to you, go surfing, go take a nap, go have a love affair, do anything else, but don't do this. It's the same thing when you come home with a treadmill and you're going to get on the treadmill and lose 20 pounds. If you stand there looking at that treadmill, you can feel this force radiating off it, trying to get you not to get on it, right? That's resistance. Anything that's really good for you. I want, I want everybody you, to listen to what Stephen is saying, because as a writer, the moment I sit down you know, in front of my computer screen, the first thing that comes to mind is Chinese food. <laughs> wow, I, I never heard that one before. Uh, no, but you know, I think what kicks in are your addictions. You know, if you're True, a sm- exactly. If you're a smoker, you smoke. You're a drinker, you drink. You're it's, whatever it's you do. Some form of instant gratification. Right. That's what it is. The pain. The watch. What I'm trying to say is, resistance is facing that pain that's inside each and every one of us. Here's, you know, people. A lot of times, people ask, "Well, what's what's the secret of life if there is such a thing?" And to me, the answer is learning to overcome that resistance. Right. If you can make teach yourself or learn somehow to to face that demon down, to slay that dragon, 
which, again, you have to do, as you just said, Robert, in the break, every morning. You have to face it anew. It never goes away. But if you can learn to do that, then you, then you will succeed, I guarantee it, and whatever that's, you're doing. And that's how you build your inner or spiritual strength. Is that correct? True. And, and, and vice versa, if you cannot learn to do that, you're going down the toilet one way or another. And part of that process you talk about, Steve, is you say you, you've got to leave the ordinary world, the conscious, the ego. And this is tough. It's tough to let go of that ego. You've got to leave the ordinary world, the conscious mind, and get into the extraordinary world, the unconscious or superconscious. And letting go of that ego, I mean, it's that, it's that mind that kicks in that says, no, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, and trying to reduce or, or lessen that, that voice in your head, is that, that's the resistance. Right, and what you you were saying, Kim, that you and Robert have been working on something that yes. has to do with the unconscious versus the conscious. Can I ask you what that is? Yes, we've we've been we've been studying for years now on, uh, and Robert's been Robert is meditating every morning. Um, we study. I journal. Um, all the all books on on spirituality on on how to let go of that ego and how to let go of that that mind that doesn't ever shut up. That's what we've been working on, how to be present in the moment and, and enjoying uh-huh. every moment. What I would say about that, for, looked at from the point of view of a writer or an artist, is mm-hmm. that is the artist's journey exactly. And what the, what the artist is trying to teach herself or himself is to leave, to be able to shuttle back and forth, as I say in the book, The Artist's Journey, from the conscious mind to the unconscious mind, to the sort of to the well of inspiration or the well of creativity, like um, when we're in the shower, sometimes great ideas will come to us. Or we're riding on the freeway, sometimes, and a song will come into our heads. You know, a piece of music or whatever it is. And what's happening, and I think this is what you and Robert are training yourself to do, is we sort of accidentally turn off the conscious mind when we're in the shower or we're shaving or we're on the freeway. That's not easy. It's not easy. (laughs) Ideas suddenly come come to us, right? Yes, exactly. Whereas if we sit down and and consciously try to generate an idea, it's impossible, you know? Well, yeah. Steve, Steve, the the hardest thing for me to do is meditate. You know, I've been meditating for three and a half years right now. And because my mind won't shut up. And so I, I meditate for half an hour. And if I'm lucky, if I get my mind to shut up for like 30 seconds. I know. It's really hard, isn't it? That's the, oh. <laughs> I salute you guys for doing that. <laughs> I think it's great, you know? And, and you know, when a, when a writer, like somebody that's writing fiction or something, uh, where, you're, where you are facing the blank page and you are hoping to fill it with something, what you're doing with your mind is sort of like meditation, only instead of trying to get to a place of kind of uh, total emptiness or, or stillness, you're trying to get to that story. You're trying to pull that story out or let that story come out. And it's, and it's, it's really exactly the same thing, and it also produces the same sort of high, the same kind of euphoria once you've done it. But, so, of course, it's unbelievably hard to do from, from a standing start. So, so once again, we're back to the Oprah program where my life works, and the thing is... Yeah, what I what I say to people is you have to do what you don't want to do a lot of the time. I mean that's the choice you make. And just get, th- you know, I just get through my half an hour of meditation, 
But getting through that half hour of meditation, then going to the gym for another hour is a whole nother climbing the Himalayas, you know, for me every <laughs> morning. Because I would rather have another another uh, bagel and cream cheese and coffee. You know, I'm much happier. <laughs> but let's talk about the shift, Robert, that's okay, so happened. Point, so the point is, that. most people want to be happy, but ultimately it's a short term high. That's all it is. Absolutely, and it's it's sort of strange that life works like this. Yeah. You know, you would think, why why wouldn't it just be fun, you know, to do something? But it, somehow, that's the way you know God planned it. You know? Right. That the way God planned it somehow for this planet is that what we need to do for our soul's evolution is always the hardest. Yeah. You know, I don't know why it works that way, but it's just it's the truth. But it, it and it does because I you look at people they go through their life and there seems to be a point and it's usually as we are older in life where we go oh what's the meaning of life what is my purpose where there must be more to life and for many people that happens after they've gone through what you call this hero's journey and wouldn't it be great to go through that earlier <laughs> do we yeah. have does it have to be this process can it can we get there earlier can we shortcut it you know you look at it's a great question Kim I look at somebody like Bob Dylan or Neil Young yeah. uh, or um, um, Philip Roth, the writer, who, when they were like 18 years yeah. old, they had already found their path, right? Yes. Bob Dylan was already singing Blowing in the Wind, right? Right. And I envy these guys. I, I mean, they must have been just blessed by heaven or something. I mean, for me, I was like practically 50 years old before I finally kind of kicked into gear. And all, all of that time was, you know, searching and wandering and thrashing around. So it takes some people longer than others. But um, Well, the, the last question the I have to find it. you have over here, all enemies are self-generated. And that's Kim's favorite line to me because I'll take a friend and create an enemy out of him. So what did you mean by that? Well, when we talked about, when we were talking about resistance or that these forces, right, the fat boy that wants you to have the croissant. Right. Yeah. That... That is not uh, floating in the air. That is generated by our own psyche. Yes. Right? That's, you know, there's not, there's not a real devil that walks into the bedroom door and is standing over us pointing at it. That's something we create in our own mind. And, of course, the good side of that is if we create it in our own mind, we can overcome it. But we also, but what, you, but what I got from the War of Art is we create that as and it comes in as resistance yeah exactly that's what it is right and you and you and you say about all enemies are self-generated her fear it's it's a lot of it is fear her fear is her her own her vanity her need for adulation for attention for distraction there's there's all these things that we create which is our own enemy i mean if we have a need to be you know adored then that's going to drive us but that's not real Right. Right. Or we're generating it from our own from our own psyche. psyche. I think yes. I think you know, Stephen, that's the most important thing you can say is we create it. Yep. We create our own distractions, they're our all, own temptations. They're all products of our mind. I don't know. I'm going to show my age here. I don't know if you guys ever remember a movie called Forbidden Planet. Did you ever by any chance see that? No. Don't know that one. With Walter Pigeon. Oh, it's one of the all-time <laughs> great sci-fi movies. But the short version of it is that Walter Pigeon, as this scientist on another planet, has these demons are attacking him, coming through this 
steel door. They're kind of assaulting it like from the outside, like an acetylene torch, this super strong steel door. And he's trying to fight it with his own mind. And the, the, and the, the conceit of the story is that he is creating those demons on the other side of the door with his own mind. And the, the only way he can stop them is with his own mind, sort of turning it off. Ah. And it's a great analogy oh, for, yeah. what, for what we do. That's what we do Fantastic. every day. Fantastic. That's what we do every day. Well, yeah. I, I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> hey, the That's fi- a great analogy. The final word Robert, is this. So why would somebody never... get up and go to work to a job they hate? What is real in 20 seconds? Why would somebody do that? Well, we're just brainwashed to do it, and also because you need to. I mean, we do have to have money, and money doesn't grow on trees, and not all of us are Bob Dylan who can write a song. So you got to get a job. But once you've got a job, well, maybe brain- you can rise above that. That's brainwashing, too, though. Got to get a job. That's, that's well, what you I- do have to eat, right? It is a, it is a real thing. Mm. Well, that's not my belief. But anyway, I, I chose not to believe that a long time ago. But anyway, that's that's why we have the Rich Dad Company. That's why I thank you for your books because your books, I someday when I grow up, I want to be as good a writer, as great a writer as you are because you have a way of saying it so quickly, simply, and succinctly that the brain or the being gets it. Right, Kim? Well, I yeah. read your stuff, Robert, too, and you are a wonderful writer. So oh. uh, thank give you. yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> thank you. Hey, thank Steve, you. I've got one last question. Your book's called The Artist's Journey. Do you believe that everyone has that artist inside them? I do. Now, it may be in different forms. It may be teaching. It may be um, helping people in need. It may be just being an example for, for, other, for other people. It may be enduring injustice in one way or another right. or some terrible thing that might have befallen you. So, I, so, so there's all forms of art. It isn't just making movies and and uh, inventing video games. So, so you said what I, what I that everybody is an artist. So you yes. said what I sincerely believe. I think it starts with you wanting to help other people, not just yourself. True. And That's the moment you want to help other people, then your art starts to come out. But as long as it's only to make money, I don't know if it comes out. Yeah, then you're sort of a hack. You're not right. really... Well, you're doing it for the money, not because you want to help other people. Yeah. And I think that's probably the... We can close with that. I think that's the lesson for everybody. When you when people are getting up to go to work on a job they hate, to feed kids they wish weren't there and all that other stuff, it's because you forgot you're supposed to be helping other people. So thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Kim. Thank, Thank you, you Stephen. Thank you for the book. Keep up the great work. And we come All back. Right, thanks for having me. It's always great to be with you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. the book. And we'll come back. Next popular part of our program is Ask Robert. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. 
Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Once again, you can listen to this Rich Dad program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. Again, we archive them because repetition is one way we learn. So if you want to learn more about how to find your artist's journey or your hero's journey or how to just stop doing things that mean mean nothing to you, then go to richdadradio.com, listen, download the uh, podcast, listen to it again, and then to even accelerate that learning, share it with friends, family, and business partners. And you'll be surprised how much you, you thought you heard, but you didn't hear just by repetition. So we're now back, and once again, thank uh, Stephen Pressfield. His latest book is Artist's Journey. You know, one thing I, I heard in this interview is that we all have a gift. And I think it's our responsibility to get our gift out there and share it. And as you were saying, Robert, it's about helping people and sharing with other people. So to share your gift is, I think, really the calling we might be talking about. Yep, and that's why when people say, I'm doing what my passion is about, I'm doing what I love about, that's selfish. Once again, you can submit your questions to ask Robert at richdadradio.com. First question, Melissa. Our first question today comes from Benjamin in Sydney, Australia. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. His question is this, where and how did your rich dad learn the lessons that he passed on to you? First of all, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. We love, <laughs> we love Australia. Just Australia. Love, we love Sydney. Australia. We're just in Sydney. That's a fabulous question. I'm very glad. I'm very happy about that question. The reason my rich dad learned all this stuff because he didn't go to school. His father, like I said, the father died at 13 and he was left with the family business. So at the age of 13, he had different teachers. He had his accountants, his attorneys, his bookkeepers. He had, you know, real estate agents. He had salesmen teaching him. So he learned from real teachers in real life, not those phony school teachers like my poor dad. So my new book coming out is called Fake. It's online for free. It's about fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. And most of us have learned from fake teachers. And a fake teacher is somebody who does not practice what they teach. So the beauty of Rich Dad starting at the age of 13, his teachers were accountants, attorneys, bookkeepers, real estate agents, stockbrokers, you know, salesmen and all this. So he was at 13 in the swim of it. He was learning from real people, not these fake teachers in school today. I mean, it's horrible what they're teaching kids about you're entitled to make, you're entitled to be given everything you want, everything should be free, and we should have safety zones so you don't have to hear what you don't wanna hear. I mean, I don't know where these teachers are, but they, you know, they are really doing criminal behavior right now to students. They need to get real. Teachers need to get real. All they wanna do is go on strike, and that was my poor debt. That's the only way they know how to make more money is go on strike. And if you wanna believe in that, then those are your teachers, but they're not my teachers. My teachers are rich dad advisors like Tom Realwright, my real CPA, Kenny McCoy, a real real estate investor, Garrett Sutton, a real attorney. That's the difference, right, Kim? Yes, and you know, from what you told me, um, your rich dad, he he just went out there and did the real thing. And the way you learn best is by actually doing the real thing. But with real teachers. With real teachers. These teachers and, in school are fakes. That's yeah. the problem. 
And he had to drop out of school at 13, right? Because he had to take care of the family. The father died. Yes. So he had to go out there and he, and he learned by actually doing it, not by reading about it, With not by teachers. studying about it, but by learning from people yeah, in the real world. Yeah, he had world. a real business to run. He had yeah. to learn how to do it. He, had, he learned so much. And then once a month he would have, when I, when I joined him at age nine, once a month he would have a meeting with his real teachers, his accountants, attorneys, his bookkeepers, his bankers, his real estate agents, his stockbrokers, and he'd sit there and he'd ask them questions on how to solve his real problems. And the trouble with most school teachers, they're not solving real problems. They're solving fictitious problems. You want to see that? Go to the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, that is the best movie on fake teachers. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Oscar in Long Island, New York. Favorite book, Midas Touch. How important did the development of your consciousness, not your mind, play in your journey to becoming financially free? Another incredible That's a question. Great question. I mean, I tell you what, yeah. I must have paid you for those last two, that, that <laughs> question. That's the question. It's that there's, the reason we talk about meditation is the problem with education is that it educates your mind. By going into meditation, you go into a place called stillness where the mind completely shuts off. And one of the greatest skills, and this is for, this is thousands of years old from all the great mystics throughout the world, can you shut your mind off? And when you look at what's happening today, our minds are into their ego. And when ego, ego lives in this world, I'm right, you're wrong. And that's the problem with the world today. And our school teachers are educating our minds, not our spirits and not our souls. Comments, Kim? Well, I think for anybody to be successful today, you gotta, you've got to work on yourself. And I started my personal development journey when I was 18. I read a book called Your Erroneous Zones by Wayne Dyer, who's since passed. Um, and we've been, we've been working on ourselves for since we've known each other and well before that, Robert. And I think it's, I think it's the key to any success is working on yourself. And, and it's, all, it's and exactly all. what Stephen Pressfield is talking about in his book, The Artist's Journey. And all of our advisors get together. We're studying the latest book is The Power of Now. Kim likes Untethered, Untethered Soul. Soul. Power of but, Now is great. And we study money books. Yep. So get this. What our schools are teaching is your mind. Yes. And that's the problem. Because schools and teachers live in the world that this is right and this is wrong. And when you see that on social media and tweeting and all that, we're gonna to go to war pretty soon, sports fans. Anytime you live in this world, I'm right, you're wrong. My religion's right, your religion's wrong. My sports team's right, your, your sports team's wrong. And that's the problem with education. We need to go to stillness or silence, which is due to meditation. Thank you for your questions on Rich for Ask Robert. And you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at Rich Dad Radio. Dot com. And thank you once again to Stephen Pressville. His latest book's The Artist's Journey, and that's what he's talking about, is do you have the courage to let that artist in you come out? Thank you for listening.